The following messages were presented during the Friends of Israel 2009 Prophecy Conferences. It should be noted that a few of our speakers presented their messages with the aid of PowerPoint. Tonight we want to talk about uh, the rapture as it relates to the Feasts of Israel. And God gave seven feasts to the children of Israel. And these feasts are historical. They happened in the, in the past. They were celebrated in the past. They're based on an agricultural calendar in that you had four of the feasts in the spring. There was a long break for the summer as they're bringing in the harvest and there are three feasts in the fall. But the feasts were also prophetic in nature in that they spoke of things to come in the future. So if we were to take the, the first feast, as you see as I have up here uh, on the chart, Passover. Passover, of course, the first one, Israel, they came out of, uh, out of Egypt, Exodus chapter 12, and God told the, the children of Israel, you know, they were to take that lamb and, and sacrifice it and put the blood around the door, and God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you, and and then that was to be done uh, generation after generation. And we saw, you know, Jewish people uh, celebrating the Passover. The ultimate fulfillment of the Passover, of course, was when Jesus, the Lamb of God, came. And he was sacrificed on the very day of Passover. And that was not a mistake. And you read uh, throughout the New Testament, uh, you know, there, there's times when... Um, uh, they try to kill Jesus prematurely. Remember that one time they were going to take him out and throw him over a cliff, you know, but it wasn't his time. And, and the, the uh, high priests, Pharisees, and Sadducees were trying to, you know, ask him difficult questions to try and get Herod to take him and kill him prematurely. But he had to die on the Passover. And even as you read it, as you're reading the Gospels, as it came closer to Passover... The, uh, the high priests, Pharisees, and Sadducees, they said, well, no, we don't, we don't want to take him on the Passover because that's the feast. But Jesus knew he had to die on Passover because he had to be the fulfillment of the Passover. He forced their hand, and so it was that he was sacrificed on Passover on the very day. It was not a mistake. It was not an accident. It was on Passover. The Feast of Unleavened Bread follows Passover. For seven days, they would eat unleavened bread. I think that speaks of the burial of the Messiah. And I lived in Israel for three years, and uh, one time I happened to be in Jerusalem uh, during Passover, and we always, our groups, as we were there, we always liked to go out for pizza. And at the week of uh, Passover, the unleavened bread was no different. We went out, but uh, much to our horror, we discovered that uh, the pizza shops were serving their pizza on unleavened bread. I mean, you cannot find, you know, the, the, good, the good stuff uh, during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And I, I tell you, it was the worst pizza I've ever had in my life. <clears throat> but I think that speaks of his, his burial. And then God said, the day after the Sabbath, the Sabbath Saturday, the day after the Sabbath was Sunday. That was another Jewish feast during that uh, week there of unleavened bread. And that was known as the Feast of First Fruits. And when did Jesus arise from the dead? The day after the Sabbath. Now, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, as I have listed uh, for you below here, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, he says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that sleep. He is the first one to rise, 
We will rise next uh, at the rapture. The dead in Christ will rise. There will be another resurrection in the middle of the tribulation. The two witnesses as they're caught up to God. And then there will be another resurrection at the end of the seven-year tribulation period of the Old Testament saints and tribulation saints. But he is the first fruits of them that rise from the dead. Now, most Christians realize that uh, Jesus was sacrificed on a Jewish holiday, Passover. But most Christians don't realize that Jesus also arose from the dead on a Jewish holiday, the Feast of First Fruits. They counted 50 days after the Feast of First Fruits, and they came to their next holiday, which we know as Pentecost. In um, Hebrew, it's called Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, because they counted seven weeks. We call it Pentecost because of the 50 days. And what happened on the Feast of Pentecost on the very day? Acts chapter 2, Spirit of God came down, the church was started. And during that feast, uh, the priests would take uh, two loaves of bread and, and they would you know, bring them together. And that signifies uh, that in the church, Jews and Gentiles, you know, we, we would come together and be one in Christ. Then there was a long break then between the spring feasts and the fall feasts. And during that break, that was during the summertime, they're bringing, they're bringing in the harvest. And what did Jesus say about the, the church age, about our age now? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. We're bringing in a harvest of souls. The next feast on the calendar is the Feast of Trumpets. And that typifies the rapture of the church. Now the Feast of Trumpets, and it's called today Rosh Hashanah. Rosh in Hebrew means head or beginning or start. And then Hashanah, the year, it's the head of the year. Uh, it is the head of the civil year. Now, Jewish people actually have two New Years. They have a religious New Year, and that starts at Passover. They have a civil New Year, and that is at Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. And so on December 31st, as we're throwing our New Year's Eve parties, uh, you know, most Jewish people, they're, they're at home you know, going to bed early because their New Year's Eve party is on Rosh Hashanah, and that falls, it comes in the fall. And it jumps around. It's not always the same day because uh, Jewish people, the Jewish calendar is on a lunar calendar. We're on a solar calendar. The Feast of Trumpets is the beginning of the civil year. It starts with an awakening blast of the shofar on the first of Tishri. And generally that's in September. It is observed for two days on Tishri 1 and 2, but it is called one long day. And this begins a 10-day season of repentance known as the Days of Awe. It ends on the, tishri of the 10th of Tishri, which is Yom Kippur. So after Rosh Hashanah, there's then a 10-day break or gap, and uh, then they come to the next feast, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And it is, actually, it's during those 10 days that the, the rabbis teach, and they believe in Judaism, that God is weighing the, the good and bad of the, you know, the Jewish person and, and he decides during those 10 days whether they're going to live or, another year or not. Now, there are two great prophetic events that relate to the Feast of Trumpets. First uh, is the regathering of Israel, and that is from Isaiah 27, 13. It shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown and they shall come who are ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcast of the land of Egypt. They shall worship the Lord in the holy mount of Jerusalem. So that uh, 
trumpet blast actually can be found in Matthew 24, 31. Turn with your Bible to Matthew 24 and verse 29. He says, immediately after the tribulation of those days. And so he's talking here about the the very end of the seven-year tribulation period. The sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give its light, the stars shall fall from heaven, the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. This is the second coming of Christ at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. Then verse 31, He shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. They shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. And this actually is the, the final regathering of the Jewish people back to their homeland. Now, our post-trib friends, the, our, you know, Christians who believe in the, the post-trib rapture, they believe that this is the rapture right here, but uh, this is not the rapture because uh, notice there's a, a number of angels uh, that are sent and, and sounding the trumpet, where at the rapture there's only one. And um, they are gathered, they're going to be gathered back to Israel where at the rapture, you know, we're taken to heaven. So this is actually the regathering of, of Israel. But the second event that relates to the Feast of Trumpets is the rapture of the church. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. Paul says that the rapture will happen at the last trumpet. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of the eye at the last trump. The trump shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. He says the rapture will happen at the last trump. Now, people who hold to a mid-tribulation rapture view, this is their main verse. You know, this is their, their key one. And uh, so they say that, you know, they look in the... the uh, Book of Revelation, and remember in Revelation you have the, the seven seal judgments, seven trumpets, seven bowls, and they say that the seventh uh, trumpet must be the last trumpet. And that comes around the middle of the tribulation period, so they reason that uh, the rapture then must be in the middle of the tribulation. Well, two reasons why that cannot be, why the seventh trumpet of Revelation is not the last trumpet Paul was talking about. First of all, Think about the timing of when the books of the Bible were written. Which book was written first, Corinthians or Revelation? Well, Corinthians was written at least 30 years before the book of Revelation. So let's pretend that uh, we are at the church of Corinth and we've just received this letter from the Apostle Paul and we're reading it and we see that he says the rapture is going to happen at the last trump. What we cannot do is turn in our Bible to the book of Revelation and read about the seven trumpets because Revelation hasn't even been written yet. All right, so that's first. Secondly, the seventh trumpet in Revelation is not the last trumpet sounded in the tribulation period. Matthew 24, 31, that we just read, that's actually a much later trumpet at the end. So if that's not what Paul's talking about, what is he talking about? Well, already Paul has referred two times in this book to two different feasts. He said in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Christ our Passover sacrifice for us, and then later in 15, he referred to the Feast of Firstfruits. I think it's very likely Paul is referring here 
to the Feast of Trumpets. Now, on the Feast of Trumpets, there were four different trumpet types sounded, and I've asked Steve Herzig to help me out with that, that tonight. And we've both brought our shofars, our ram's horn, but uh, I'm going to defer to Steve because he's got a much bigger one. And there are 100 trumpet blasts sounded throughout the day on the Feast of Trumpets. Now, the first type of trumpet blast is called a takaya, and it's one long blast. All right. Good. Okay, a second type is called a shevarim. It is three short calls. All right, good. Let's, let's do the, the last one, the, the last trumpet, the 100th trumpet blast was called the Takayad Gadola, and it was supposed to be blown as, and held as long as you, whoever's doing it can do it, and for effect, we're going to both see if we can do it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Folks, I think that's what Paul was talking about when he said the rapture will happen at the last trump. I think he's talking about the Feast of Trumpets. Now, all of the other feasts so far up to this point, they've fallen on the day. Could it be that the rapture will happen on the Feast of Trumpets? Well, you know, nobody can be for sure. Jesus said no man knows the day or the hour. But I'll tell you what, I'm always looking, looking up a little more uh, on that day. Now, the next feast was uh, Yom Kippur, and that came 10 days after Rosh Hashanah. And uh, it, it just makes me wonder, uh, you know, there, there has to be a gap between the rapture of the church and the start of the tribulation period, and Yom Kippur, uh, the Day of Atonement, prophetically speaks of the seven-year tribulation period. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, was a day of mourning. Uh, today the Jews fast. God said in, in Leviticus 16, afflict your souls. It was not a happy time, it was a joyous. You know, it wasn't one of these feasts where you have a, a big party. No. They were to afflict their souls, and that's what it's going to be like during the tribulation period. Uh, their souls are going to be afflicted. I mean, it's going to be a time of trouble, the, the greatest time of trouble the world has ever known. And so prophetically, uh, that speaks of the tribulation. So if, if the rapture were to happen on the Feast of Trumpets, could it be that uh, the tribulation will start 10 days later on uh, Yom Kippur? You know, we can only speculate. We do not know. However, it's, it's interesting, um, and I'm just going to throw this out. Okay, this is just pure speculation, all right? <clears throat> um, I got a buddy of mine. Uh, we like to get together every so often, and we'll have lunch, and we'll talk Bible prophecy. And he brought out a really fascinating point to me. And, I, you know, again, I'm not sure if this could be true or not. I'm not sure if this is what it's, what's going to be. But uh, the tribulation period starts when the Antichrist, it says in Daniel 9, confirms the covenant with the many, with Israel, for one week or the seven years. And there's always speculation, you know, what does that mean, confirming the covenant? And he, he brought out something to me that, again, I don't know if this is it or not, but it's, you know, it's interesting to, to think about and mull around, is that it, could it possibly be this covenant? Could it be 
Israel's entrance into the European Union. And he brought out something really fascinating to me that I'd never known before, is that it's usually for a country to get into the European Union, there is a, a trial period. And it can be anywhere from 10, 14 years, but the minimum is seven years. So could it be, and, and, and by the way, a, a survey was just taken in Israel and that Israelis more and more are becoming in favor of being admit, admitted into the EU. And as we think about revived Rome, being, you know, being part of that, could it be that that, that covenant that he conform, uh, confirms is, has something to do with you know, Israel's admittance into that and there's that seven-year trial period which is then broken in the middle by the, by the Antichrist Again, pure speculation, we'll have to wait and see. And then, of course, after the, uh, the uh, day, of, uh, day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, the final feast was uh, the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, the Jewish people call it Sukkot. It's the Feast of Booze. And that, of course, is prophetically speaking of the time when Jesus returns. He sets up his kingdom. He rules and reigns for a thousand years. You know, the angel said... Uh, to Mary at the birth of Jesus, that Jesus would sit on the throne of King David. Did that ever happen while Jesus was here on earth? It did not, did it? Jesus told his disciples they would sit on 12 thrones, ruling and judging Israel with him. Did that ever happen while he was here? No, it did not. So either he was lying to them or that promise remains to be fulfilled in the future. Our amillennialist brothers would say, well, I guess Jesus was uh, stretching the truth or, or lying, but we would say, no, those promises remain to be fulfilled in the future. Flip with me your Bible to uh, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 16. It shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which come up, come came against Jerusalem, shall even go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So all during the millennium, we, the Gentile nations, we're going to be going up to Jerusalem to keep this great feast. And he says, It shall come to pass, whoever will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. The family of Egypt go not up and come not up that have no, that have no rain. There shall be of the plague with which the Lord will smite the nations that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And so um, all through the millennium we'll, we'll have a wonderful time uh, keeping this feast. And so uh, Jesus and the rapture as it relates to the Feast of Trumpets.